Welcome to Boundless Pursuit, a weekly podcast providing motivation, entertainment, and education to anglers and outdoorsmen. I hope that the stories you'll find here will encourage you to chase your passion more fervently, to open your mind to new opportunities and perspectives. Your engagement and feedback is critical to the growth of this show, and I would love to hear your suggestions on topics or potential guests. You can reach me at boundlesspursuitfishing at gmail.com or at my website, www.boundless-pursuit.com. That's where you'll find all related articles, media, and merchandise. Please remember, the show will gain traction from your support. Be sure to like, comment, and share this podcast to your friends and connections. I'm your host, David Graham. Now let's get on to today's episode. You know, when I moved to Florida some four and a half years ago, I had a short list of top priority species that I wanted to catch right off the bat. And among those was the bullseye snakehead. Maybe because of some of the parallels that you can draw to my beloved bowfin. The two have some similar looks, but I quickly found that that's about all that they have in common. The bullseye snakehead, as you probably know by now, is a non-native invasive species of fish that lives in South Florida that is native to Indochina. And it rose to prominence in the media in the early 2000s as a destructive monster fish that would just eat and consume and kill everything in its path. But, you know, you fast forward some 20 plus years later, and most of those myths have largely been dispelled as massive exaggerations of the truth or just flat out not true at all. But my guest today was there at ground zero chasing these fish from the very beginning. He's a seven time world record holder for the species. And he's become so prominent in the South Florida snakehead fishing culture that people literally call him the professor. His name is Corey Nowakowski, and he is undoubtedly the leading authoritative figure in South Florida snakehead fishing. When you talk bullseye snakeheads, you talk Corey Nowakowski. The dude catches absolute monsters, and he has proven more than a half a dozen times to the world that he knows how to do it better than anyone. Now, that's me hyping the guy up because you're going to find that he doesn't hype himself up. He is as humble and quiet natured as they come. But the guy is a walking encyclopedia on snakehead knowledge. And he was kind enough to spend over an hour with me in conversation detailing the pursuit of this fascinating species of fish. Unfortunately, my camera didn't work properly during this recording. It doesn't really matter, though. The backup was running. Doesn't matter. The audio is just fine. And that's all that matters. So without further ado, this is Corey Nowakowski of Florida Snakehead and Bass Adventures, LLC. All right. So now it's recording. So Corey Nowakowski, I've been butchering your name for the last, I don't know, couple years, however long I've been following you. But that's sort of the point of this whole uh, format is to get beyond this whole living in online text type uh, relationships with people where you never get to know the human being. So uh, I don't know. I mean, you're like the guy that they call the snakehead professor, but looking at your page, I see a lot of big bass. I see a lot of big clowns. Snook seems like there's a lot more layers to you than just the snakehead thing, but you have kind of become like the snakehead guy of South Florida. And that has been real interesting to me. I, I have only lived here for about four years, but um, when I knew when I got here, 
that the snakeheads we have here was like sort of like one of the top ones I wanted to go tackle. And then it seemed like every time I did a basic Google search or YouTube or Facebook or Instagram or anything involving bullseye snakeheads, I kept coming across your photos. So I'm always interested. Like I see the giant snakeheads that you're catching, these huge fish. But I'm always kind of curious, like, where all that began. Like, where did the snakehead thing start with you? Uh, pretty much. Um, it's funny. I was uh, bass fishing mostly in, uh, you know, back backyard canal and um, just happened to uh, catch one on a plastic worm one time. And I said, oh, what the hell is this? So uh, we went down to the local tackle shop and they, you know, we said, what is this? And they said, oh, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a snakehead bullseye snakehead and uh you know so we from there on we you know we kind of learned a little more we were catching more and more of them and uh you know over time um <laughs> you know just just spent time figuring them out and you know learning a little bit more about them and um yeah it was just uh it was kind of by accident running into them just like most of these exotics and when was that because i mean you've been doing this for a while like how well, when did you catch the first one uh, it was 2001. 2001. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that was like, I mean, when, when do they, cause I remember kind of vividly or maybe more vaguely because I wasn't really fishing too much in 2001. I was going to be a little kid. I mean, I'm, I think that was like right when I was just starting to even go fishing, but I do remember like the snakehead craze was like taking over TV and it was all over the news, the Frankenfish, they, they walk on dry land. They'll, snatch your dog and your cat in the middle of the night and but it was seemed like it was mostly the northern snakeheads that were getting all that attention but that was around ground zero wasn't it like when did bullseye snakeheads even become a thing in florida um uh, well they like the first one that was ever caught or you know seen or whatever is was 2000 but they've been here since the uh, middle 90s um you know they've they've been here. They just nobody really knew much about them. They thought they were bowfin or mm -hmm. um, you know whatever. So, but yeah, it was like early two thousands was really the time that they, uh, you know, they really started people noticing them. Um, but it it took some time for it to be like a sort of a popular thing. It it took till I would say probably two thousand ten. Then it really started getting like a popular thing. Or not pot. Well, people was trying to catch them. Let's put it that way. So, um, but yeah, early two thousands, that was like when everybody started, people started noticing them. Oh, that's so. interesting. See, I didn't, I didn't know when they actually showed up. It's just weird. I, I guess it's probably because we have so much other weird, exotic, invasive, subtropical yeah. creatures up in the, I mean, we got parrots flying around in the air. We got iguanas crawling around on land and now we got these different right. fish in the water so maybe it just was sort of par for the course that now we have snakeheads and it wasn't as big of a deal as and i don't know i guess up in the uh, uh, where the northerns are is everything's more classic type terrain so it sticks out more like a sore thumb but uh so yeah you know it's interesting it didn't catch on for for that long but i know i, I was always kind of curious were they met with like the same sort of disdain when people first found them here like did you kind of catch yeah. heat for like why the hell do you want to catch those things yeah, it, it was, I mean, it definitely, uh, kill them. That was the big thing. That's, that's, uh, you know, they say, yeah, kill them. If you catch them, you know, don't put them back. And, um, and then, yeah, there was also that too, where people said, yeah, why would you want to 
fish for that fish and you know it's it's a trash fish and this and that and um you know that was a that was a that was a big thing that uh definitely went on in the beginning um and you know that's that's changed over time you know down here um people have you know they still you still get people that say oh yeah kill them you know you got to kill them it's that's always going to be that way but um they're they're starting to become more like popular to fish for now it's more of a I wouldn't say game. Well, yeah, you could say game fish. I mean, um, there's a lot of people that are likely to catch them more than, you know, killing them. So, um, you know, so they're definitely becoming more popular. I would say the fishing aspect. Yeah. Well, what I always thought was kind of interesting is like when I'm, when I'm browsing this stuff online and I see like a snakehead photo, I always like, man, for whatever reason, I'm like drawn to the controversy that's around them. It's like, you know, it's like, it's like an unhealthy thing to even go to the comment section. Cause you don't want to yeah. get roped into one of these ridiculous internet wars, but I, yeah. it seems like it's like, there's always that guy or that girl that that's got, you know, I don't know. You'd think that they were like this self ordained minister of what's right and wrong and fishing and why you shouldn't do it. But like, and I don't know if you've noticed it. It seems like without fail, it's always somebody that isn't in Florida. That's never right. seen a snakehead and that lives nowhere near here. That's got all the information about why what you're doing is wrong. And I always thought that was kind of interesting, but it's like, you know, I was just kind of curious because I can tell like even beyond how many of these big bullseye snakeheads you're catching, you're really like avid and on top of the big bass around here. So it's sort of like, I don't know. It's like, I think there's a lot of people that look at that as like through a strange lens. Like, well, what are you doing condoning catching these invasive fish that, that, that are, that are harming and threatening bass. I mean, what has your, like uh, your direct observation of these fish, what impact have you even observed? If, if any, that they've made in the last, you know, what you've been seeing them for 20 years now. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, even back, I would say 10, 12 years ago, I mean, we were catching, we were catching pretty good sized bass along with the snakeheads. And that's kind of what made me start changing my thinking on it. And it's like, well, if there's, if everybody says they're eating everything and there's nothing left and they're causing so many problems and, you know, why are we catching bass? Why are we catching, you know, big bass with them? And, you know, I, I don't see the, the issue. I mean, you catch everything else. We got such a, they eat so many different things. Mm -hmm. You know, they, 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 we have so many exotic fish down here and they target a lot of like the Mayan cichlids and the tilapia. You know, that's, I mean, they, do they eat bass? Yes, of course they do. And bass eat them and peacock bass, you know, eat both of them too. And, you know, snakeheads eat, they even eat their own. So, you know, I think more than anything, some of these places that um, you catch them, I don't think there was ever a major bass population in the first place. It, it was a drainage ditch. Right, I yeah. Mean, it's, you know, you might as well just leave them. It's a, it's a, it makes it worth fishing some of these places. It's just... I mean, I don't think there was ever any, you know, major bass populations in those places anyways. So, I mean, not that I ever seen, but the places where you got deep water lakes, you know, rock pits, those places, you know, you catch bass along with snakeheads. So it's, and in peacock bass, you know, they, they all mingle together. So, um, yeah, I, I don't see the yeah. hysteria that everybody brought up. Well, I think it's, uh, you know, it, it's such a, different kind of 
I don't know, like set up from what you see out of the northern snakeheads where it's like they've got these open, like vast rivers, nothing between them and the next body of water they might want to go to. It's like the fear there, I guess. And even it's kind of funny, ironically, the observations that that I've seen and heard and, and read about is is that they're not having the same kind of impact people may have initially thought they were. But here it's like the bullseyes were put into bodies of water that are already like a far cry from what that water used to look like, right. you know, I don't know, decades ago. It's already been dramatically altered by man-made changes, pump stations, dams, levees, different kinds of exotic fish that were already there. I mean, it's just not, it's not the same kind of thing. But, you know, you also read about these fish being indiscriminately killing everything in their path and bloodthirsty monsters that'll just attack whatever gets thrown their way. I mean, what, what is like from an angling standpoint, when you're throwing lures at them, have you found them to just be this bloodthirsty monster? That's just 100% of the time going to eat whatever you throw in their path. Uh, you know, some, sometimes they, when they get aggressive enough, I mean, they'll, they'll hit just about, they'll hit just about anything, but there's a lot of times where they, they'll come up to a bait and, you know, they, they'll kind of check it out more and they'll actually hit it. So they're not as super aggressive as, you know, everybody says they're supposed to be. I mean, uh, you, the biggest thing I do when you fish for them is you got to, my rule of thumb with it is you don't want them to see you before, you know, you want to see them before they see you and cause they'll spook off really easily. So, um, it's, you know, it's one of those things. They're just like a normal, you know, just a normal fish. Um, you know, yeah, everybody made them seem that way where there's like this crazy fish that's going to yeah. attack. <laughs> it's just not, that's not the case. It's just, they're a normal, just fish like everything else, you know, they spook off and, you know, once they see it, that's the biggest thing. They got a pretty good eyesight for that. They'll pick you up and pretty fast. Yeah. That was one thing I noticed about them when I first came over and started poking around looking for them is like, it seemed like if I saw them, like by the time I'd get lucky enough to see them, it seemed like it was too late. Yeah. I was like, these damn things know that I'm here. I, I just, I was like, for me, like sight fishing for them was really difficult because they like, they were seeing me or something, but I found them to be, I don't know. I mean, in, in some occasions, like what you described, it seemed like they, when they were really hot on the trail of what I was throwing at them, nothing could get right. in their way. But more often than not, when I come over there, I'm still so envious when I look at your page and you're like, oh, caught 40 today. I'm like, what the shit? <laughs> Like I yeah. go over there and I'll struggle all day to get one. So it's definitely something I'm still trying to crack the code on. Um, but it's, it's, they, they really like crushed this perception that they're these like murderous killers real quickly, at least with me. So I thought that was pretty, pretty interesting. And I think a lot of it is, and I, I say this a lot, anytime I talk about snakeheads, it seems like they're sort of like the victim of the name they have. Because, right. and I know that sounds weird, but I'm like convinced that if their name was like the fairy fish, right. maybe people would <laughs> like them more. But, you know, yeah. there's just, I mean, people get weird about actual snakes and there's just this connotation in America or really globally with, with snakes. And it's like, I don't know, you, you kind of trace that back to like religious times where, you know, people <laughs> associate snakes and serpents with the devil. Right. So when you talk about right. snakehead, they already got to overcome that terrible name, much less all the bad press that came of it. But uh, 
Yeah, I've, I've had people that have said, "Oh, what are you catching snakes?" And I'm like, "No, no, it's a it's a fish. It's just got the head of a snake. That's 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 the thing. That's where they get the name from." So, yeah, it's <laughs> people get kind of weary with that when you talk about that. That's for sure. Right. Well, it's an interesting topic. I know it's like uh, every time I kind of go down that, uh, not around in Florida, where like to your point, it seems like people are much quicker to like accept new things and it's like now it's just a new opportunity to try a different kind of fishing but i always have to like preface these conversations with the outsiders it's like listen i'm going to tell you about how awesome these snakeheads are but don't misconstrue that with me like condoning the spread of invasive fish it's like you get like tagged with these things you have to sort of like brace for impact anytime that you bring up the very name snakehead or post a picture it's like all right well let's see how long it is where where's my guy I know oh my great <laughs> yeah here, here they come yeah um but it's a it's an interesting topic I, I know we don't really get that as much down here but I have been lucky enough to go up and and, and catch the northern snakeheads as well which seem like they nice. I mean they get bigger and they look cooler and and I don't know it's my anecdotal experience I feel like the bullseye snakeheads are just more they're just a stronger fish they seem way more efficient than the northern yeah. snakeheads. I don't know if you've heard that from the guys that, like, you know, I know you run in those circles with the snakehead guys, but uh, I don't know. I feel like our snakeheads down here are just way more badass. That's um, everybody that the guys, like, clients that I've taken out, um, I've taken guys from up north and, uh, you know, fishing for the northerns. And, you know, they, uh, you know, they've said the same thing. They said, yeah, the bullseyes, they fight harder than the northerns. Um, it's just, whether it's the length, whether it's, uh, you know, they're shorter fish, the Northerns and they're fatter. I, you know, they, they just, the bullseye seem to fight harder. I haven't caught the Northerns yet. Hopefully I will be able to, so hopefully maybe this year or something, but, um, yeah, that's from what everybody's, that's what everybody keeps telling me. So it seems to be yeah, a pattern. For sure. Well, well, it's like, you know, the, the Northerns, they, they get big, but then it's like the ones, the bullseyes that you're catching, are really, really like long and they're sub- like yeah. substantially bigger than any of the ones I've caught. I mean, I've seen some big ones, but like you have got those things so dialed in that, that it's like, I don't know. You're like, you're sitting on top of that mountain, but I know I, I, and, uh, I just jogged my memory here. You were on like a TV show a while back. <laughs> weren't you? Like, I could have swore. I saw you. What was it? Was it, was it Zeb Hogan? Who were you with? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was uh, the monster, the monster fish, Nat Geo, uh, with Zeb Hogan. Yep, that was the one. Now, how did yeah, that transpire? It was uh, it was it was interesting. They they came in uh, probably one of the worst times of the, the time of the year you could come when it was you know we had a lot of we had a pretty good cold spell and so it was during January and you know I said yeah it's you know we got a little bit of a warm spell so it's you know we make you know maybe a decent bite so. We ended up catching them. We had to, you know, they were deep into trees and stuff. So we had to really flip them out of the trees and, um, you know, using a flipping technique. And, um, you know, he had a hard time with it because he's not used to fishing that way. So, yeah. you know, but, but uh, we, we ended up getting them. I know the biggest, the biggest one we got was nine pounds. So it, it was, you know, it was like, oh, great, yeah. like at the last, I think it was the, yeah, it was the last fish of that one day that we were filming. So, yeah, it was, you know, because that's the winter time. It's, you know, like we're in now. It's, it's a, you know, it's a tough, it can be tough. 
you know, you really got to change. You got to vary your tactics because, you know, top war, you can't just use it all day. You know, you, you could get some, but, you know, it, it gets difficult. Yeah. Getting a consistency with the bites. So, um, but yeah, it was, it, it was, it was fun to do. I, you know, I try to kind of, they were really onto the snakehead thing being a problem. And I was kind of like trying to say, well, it's not that big of a problem, but right. Right. You know, they, they kind of wanted to make it like a river monsters type show. So, yeah, I think <laughs> that's of. the, that's the, that's a risky thing to get, I guess, get involved with because you're going to kind of be asso- associated with whatever their program is. So imagine yeah. you wanted to like ascertain, well, are we telling stories of these things, killing babies or what? But it's, you know, I don't think yeah. even I, I don't think those guys believe any of that stuff. But at the same time, when you're when you're trying to get like ratings and viewership and keep your program afloat on national television, unfortunately, I think they have to tie in controversy yeah. and drama. So they just, you know, doesn't help yeah. the snakeheads no. necessarily. I no, mean, I think no. it <laughs> yeah, it puts puts no. them on the radar a little quicker. But uh, but it's interesting. But yeah, it's kind of funny, like. I mean, I know a lot of guys, myself included, I haven't done much else other than throwing frogs, but I, I, I noticed and just looking through your stuff, you're using a lot of different kinds of tactics and you've taken a much more like refined approach to figuring them out because I'm still at that level with, with my snakehead fishing where if the frog doesn't work and like bombing long cast parallel to the bank aren't right. working, I pretty much just, I don't know what to do. I just check out and I just go home, but like, like just kind of walk me through some of the tactics that you use. I don't know during during different uh, like if it's a rainy day or a cloudy day versus like you know bluebird sky or if it's yeah. a, you know whatever. I mean, yeah, I mean the 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 cloudy days. I mean that's the top water is always the my thing. That's always the best um, unless it's like this time of year. Water's cold. Um, you want to then you got to be a little, then you got to vary things. Cause you got to try to use a spinner bait or a chatter bait, you know, really slowly, um, you know, running on towards the bottom, um, uh, craw baits, like flipping, um, Texas rigged, um, you know, you got to really slow it down summertime. You know, you could use frogs most of the time on that, um, you know, overcast days. And that's when it comes to bright bluebird sky days, you know, that's again, you got to slow it down. You got to try to find cover. You got to, you know, that sort of stuff. Cause they're going to get up into the, you know, trees, heavy weeds. Um, cause they're ambush predators and, um, you know, they're going to, I mean, even a hole in the bank, I mean, they'll, they'll tuck themselves up in there and, you know, wait for something to come by, but it, this, and then like the winter time, it's just slowing it down. It's, uh, like I said, you know, punching is a big thing or, um, you know, punching weeds, um uh you know texas rig you know craws any sort of creature baits along the ledges um of canals lakes but um you know it, it just it, it varies you know you just you got to vary your tag i just did it because you know fishing different times of the year you know you, you figure this stuff out and when you're not getting hit you gotta you gotta change it up <laughs> yeah so well, I guess if it was so one dimensional, maybe people would burn out on it. But it's that's I think that's part of the draw in the fish, especially now. A lot more bass guys. I mean, they can be the the biggest detractor in the world and be like, ah, you know, those those things don't belong here. Die hard right. uh oh, yeah. native guy. But it's like, I don't know, man. I was like after the first couple of times I saw one of those things wake across the top of the water and like the 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 ferocity that those things smash a top water is like 
deeply impressionable. Like when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, I get it. Like right off the bat, I get it. Like I can see why it seems like people almost catch like, I guess, what do they call it? Getting snake bit. You get like, you get like addicted. Yeah. And I was like, you know, that's probably a good thing that they don't live over on my side of the state. I'm in Naples. We don't have them over here, but that would probably occupy all of my time if I had those things (laughs) in my backyard. But one another like interesting thing that I noticed between them and the northern snakeheads is, and maybe it's just because I was just, you know, I don't know, I'm a shitty fisherman. The northern snakeheads are really weird in the way that they bite the lure. I couldn't believe okay. how much they were missing. They seem oh, yeah. so inefficient. It was like they, they'll bomb up the same way up to like a frog. But it almost yeah. seems like at the last second they stop and then bite. So you huh. miss so many, but I, I, I mean, at least my observation, like with the bullseyes, like there's a lot of follow through. Like when they want to eat it, like they choke it all the way yeah. down, and there's yeah. no no mistaking it. They just seem so much more like efficient of a predator than than the northerns. Which I, my I mean I don't know my experience with them is that they're almost kind of stupid. It's right. the same. It's the same excitement in the way that they smash the top water, but it's like I don't know. There's just there they are not very similar fish. There's some parallels, but it's definitely, it's definitely a different world. Yeah, that that's guys have told me. They said they they can you know they'll miss a fish and they cast like three or four more times and the fish will actually hit it that many times. The northerns, I'm like wow, because the one the bullseyes here, yeah, it's one it's one and done. If you don't yep. get them that first time and they feel that hook, you're done. You're not you're not going to get them again. You know for how who knows how long, but you know in a day's time, yeah, you're done. You're not going to get them. Yeah. So it yeah that's it's interesting that. You know that those northerns do that that they miss that many times it's it's really strange <laughs> really yeah, weird it's, it's definitely different it it i know they can be similar to where if you miss it you're not going to get them again but i mean the first time i've only gone up there and done it i don't even know three four times right and the first time i did it like th- there was there was one fish i must have cast it to it five times and that just shows how terrible i am at sealing the deal on the bite but like it kept coming back after the coming back after the frog so i'm like I, and I noticed the same thing with the bullseyes. Like, well, if you miss them, you better keep on walking. Like, keep keep moving. Yeah, um, you're done. But but that's interesting. But you know, I know I am still sort of doing it. I've, I've been hauling my canoe over there a little bit, like dropping small okay. watercraft in there. But I but I'm still kind of sticking to the banks. But you've gotten to a point now where you're you're kind of launching. Looks like a little small John boat and a and a trolling motor. But that thing's giving yeah. you like giving you a hell of an edge. I mean, what's that done for you with your numbers and just finding more fish? Yeah, no, it, it's you know you get into areas that I mean, most of the time there's 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 people that you know they fish a lot of the places that I fish. It's not like I fish private places or anything, but some of the places that I go with a boat, yeah, it's difficult to get to. So you're going to get to some fish that you know they yeah they see pressure, but you know, they don't see it as much as, uh, you know, most other places. I mean, I, I throw it in anywhere, um, easy places to, you know, difficult places, but yeah, it, it, it helps big time with the, the numbers and getting the bigger fish though. The, the recent or the record that I got two years ago, the recent one, I mean, I got that on land. So, I mean, it was a place I just pulled up on the side yeah. of the road and, you know, ended up, you know, running into that fish. So um, but yeah, the, the boat, yeah, the boat's always the best. I mean, getting into these tight places, that's, you know, that, that's the best, best way to do it. 
Um, and then there's some places I go from one canal and you go to another and, you know, or, you know, one body of water to another and, you know, just, just that anticipation. You just, it's always fun to go to places like that, right. you know, to, you know, explore places, you know, so yeah. that, that's a big thing. It's helped well, a I, lot though. I, I notice I, I have to start toting my canoe over to, to do that because I, I mean, it's got no point now where that, that, I don't know, culture of fishing or that scene has grown so big. I can't go over to that area in any urban setting where I can walk on foot and not find frogs in the trees, right. frogs on the bank, frogs floating by in the water. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to throw anything. These fish haven't already seen. I'm like, you know, when I look around and I see that, I'm like, it just looks like a frog Christmas tree. Yeah. Right. Like, oh <laughs> man, this spot's blown yeah. out. Like this ain't going to work, but, and you know, it kind of makes me curious, like in your experience, you were, kind of been there since before everybody else i mean is 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 the fishing getting better is it getting harder to come across them are they like adapting to this are they learning is it i mean i'm, I'm yeah. kind of curious what the snakehead fishing today is like numbers wise as compared to maybe how it was 10 years ago oh yeah no i, I 10 years ago it was there there was there was a lot of places that you could go and catch a pile of fish and a lot of big fish with no problem. You didn't have to, you know, um, go to places that, you know, you had to travel from one body of water to the next to, to get away from that. Um, I mean, the, the, some of those places have returned because people, you know, the easy places to get into because people thought, oh, yeah, there's, you know, they're all gone. There's, you know, there's nothing worth fishing here. And uh, some of those places have really come back. Um, but yeah no back in the day i mean you could catch 30 fish with your eyes you know blindfolded oh man it it was it was pretty stupid um i mean (laughs) the the average fish in a lot of these places was like between six and eight pounds so it was it was pretty stupid fishing at times i mean you could load up on them in in a hurry so now yeah they have a you know people have killed you know there's a lot of places people have killed them off and you know yeah you know that's happened um but also to the pressure you know just with anything um fish adapt to things so they're not hitting top water yeah. all the time in some of these places so that's where the different tactics come into you know getting them on certain days you know you're going to get them on a certain bait more than others so that's kind of the thing you gotta you know adjust to um but yeah there, there's places that i mean you could drop it in you could pull right up drop it in and you know They've they've come back pretty good, but uh, yeah, they, they but now there's places too that I find them. I'm finding new places for them too. You know, of course, you know, so I, which you always have to. You can't keep hitting yeah. the same places all the time. So, um, but yeah, yeah, it, it was pretty crazy back in the day, though. It was, it was pretty stupid. <laughs> yeah, that's the other side of the thing that I thought was kind of interesting is you know. I think they were sort of pitched as this fish that's going to rapidly spread and like just like just move out and and cover the entire you know bottom part of the entire state in due time. But like, what well, have you really noticed a big like expansion of their range? Like, I mean, it's been twenty years, or have they kind of like stayed sort of still? Yeah, they they've they've expanded, but a lot of the expanding is because of people moving them. Um, uh, they've have been transporting them. Yeah. Um, so there's, they haven't, they haven't blown up like the peacock bass. Cause I know that I know they've got hit this winter, but I mean, there are peacock bass and also, you know, Naples and Fort Myers and, 
you know, all sorts of crazy places they weren't really supposed to be. And right. You know, but, um, but the, the snakeheads just, they've, they've moved around, but they, they haven't expanded quite like a lot of the other exotics down here. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it's cause like I said, transportation from people, um, moving up to their areas. They don't want to drive down, you know, just, you know, 30, 40 minutes, you know, but, uh, but there's probably places that, you know, who knows that they're probably in now, you know, that I don't even know because people put them in their private lake or something, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. That over here. So that, that's a possibility. I could definitely see that. I could do. So. Uh, there's no doubt. I know some of the younger guys are doing weird stuff like that and trying to have their own private little stockpiles. Yeah. Yeah. Exotic I mean, fish, but. Yeah, they, they, they're getting pretty close. to If they're not already there, they're already down in Miami. Um mm. They're, they're pretty close to it as it is. Um, yeah. I, I, I rarely go down there too much anymore, but um, I'm sure they're, they're down there. So I, I, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> well, what's interesting to me is that it seems like there's one like main dike between them and just like the, the bigger picture of the Everglades as a whole. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, one bump, of land is between them and the Everglades. And I know that's kind of been the big prevailing fear that all, oh, if they get to the Everglades, oh, it's over. I mean, I've right. got to believe those things have gotten in there by now. And you just, you're not really seeing it. I don't know if it's going to take a while or it's just not happened or some yeah. other natural barriers, keeping them from proliferating in there or what? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing. They haven't, um, you know, they haven't gotten in there already. I mean, I, I know some of the, the spillways that, you know, kind of separate the two. They're not really free flowing. So I know usually if you got a free flowing, you know, way of them getting in, they usually, that's how they spread, you know, real quick. Um, but I'm surprised nobody's just put them over the levee and just right. put them in there already. I'm kind of surprised by that, but, uh, yeah, they, they haven't, uh, they haven't spread in there. I, and I fish out there quite a bit, you know, the mm -hmm. Everglades and I mean, I've had people telling me they, you know, they have caught them, but I, you know, most of the time it's a bowfin, you know, something like that. Or yeah. I could never get, a, I'd never get a picture from anybody, you know, it's, yeah. that's the thing. <laughs> so no, I've, I've seen that too. That's always kind of funny. I've run across a couple of YouTube videos and a couple of pictures of people holding a bowfin or they see a, a bowfin swimming by clear as day video. And it's like, saw my first snakehead today. Like, oh, right. but, um, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's real interesting to me though. That, 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 and it's kind of weird, like, you know, and I know I keep kind of contrasting it with the northern snakehead, but that, like, I don't know, that, like, dichotomy is real interesting to me, like, the difference between the two. But, like, the northerns is kind of fascinating. It's like, you know, what I've read is when they're very first new to an area, they, like, explode <laughs> in population. And then right. when everything else that lives in the river, like, you know, kind of a, a, a acclimates to their presence, they start kicking their ass. And then all of a sudden, like, yeah. the, the population start disappearing. So, like, they it's almost like they have blooms, huh. but, um, they never, yeah. they never seem to like, it's like the areas where they've stayed in the, like they've been in the longest. Right. They, they're just few and far between, but it's like when they get to a new body of water, it's like they explode real quick and then die off. And I remember, you know, when I've gone up there, I mean, you're, you're nailing bass left and right. We were catching bass that were spitting up snakehead fry. And, and it makes yeah, sense wow. because in my opinion, like, like our largemouth are a way more efficient predator than those right. northern snakeheads are. Like, I mean, when they're moving, like especially the younger bass that are moving in schools, now they're like patterning. 
that they can right. easily just bulldoze through the parents that are protecting these fry balls. And it's like, it's just become another meal source. I mean, they, they're associating the snakeheads with like an easy meal. They're eating the hell out of them. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, they, they, we, I've seen that down here plenty of times too. You get, you know, the, during the spawning season, the snakeheads, you know, when they're, they're spawning and you get the bass that are, you know, they're, they're watching those uh, snakehead fry and, uh, you know, they'll go in there and try to pick them off whenever they can. So I've, I've seen that plenty of times. I mean, I've seen them, you know, they're fighting each other, trying to, you know, fight yeah. the bass off, trying to, you know, before they can get in there to snatch off the young. But, um, yeah, that, that's what's it's the bastard you know they're they're a predator fish so they're going to do whatever they can oh yeah yeah so it's they got that big mouth for a reason well it's interesting when you mentioned the peacock bass too because like that's something to touch on like you talk about a fish that can like really take over and like nothing else can compete with those peacock bass to me like i i i was excited about fishing for them for like i don't know maybe the first six months of being here and then i realized how quickly i was like Oh, you know, this is, I mean, they're cool. It's a pretty fish and they fight hard, but it's almost like too easy. They're everywhere. They're all over the place. But again, kind of talking about the name thing, that is a fish that benefits from a pretty, you know, it's not a bass. They're cichlids. Yes. But, you know, you talk about butterfly, peacock, bass. That's, I don't know. It's a more attractive name. It's a more marketable name. It's a more marketable fish. And I know, uh, you know, unlike the snakeheads, they've actually been intentionally moved around because yeah you know it's an, an economy booster it's it's drawing tourism but yeah um, yeah exactly yeah but you talk I mean, about that's, two that's... fish that can really impact the others around them it seems like those peacock bass are way more voracious than a snakehead yeah yeah they're a lot more aggressive that they people don't understand the, <laughs> those peacocks are they get into a school you know during the winter time or oh, any yeah, time yeah. of the year they get you know, you get 40, 50 in a school and, you know, once they something moving, they'll, they'll grab anything that's possible, you know, they can find. So yeah, they're, they're super, they're way more aggressive than a snakehead is by a mile. Um, cause I, I spent a lot of time in the past fishing for those, for them the long, and I still do, but back in the day, I really fished for them and yeah, they're, they're super aggressive. I mean, they, they go for anything moving fast or anything moving, yeah. you know, they're just super aggressive. So. Yeah, I, I would definitely say that they're more aggressive, no doubt about it. And I'll get people say, "Oh, snakeheads, you know, they're more aggressive." And it's like, "Nah, it's peacock." Right. Some no, people, no, no. Uh, some people say that the the snakeheads will impact the peacocks. You know, their populations in their lakes. And they're like, "Nah," I said, "No, nah, those peacocks just do fine. They they're not gonna." <laughs> Mother Nature is the only thing that's gonna limit them on you know right them populating. So, yeah, it's way more aggressive fish. That's for sure. Yeah, I'll That's still come fair. over there and do it every now and then. It's been like, ah, man, it's probably, I'm closing on two years since last time I targeted a peacock bass, but it's like, yeah. you know, it's a novelty catch. It's one of those things that's kind of a, the intrigue is just that, you know, hey, here's a colorful fish that fights hard, but uh, I may come over there sometime soon to do that, but I'm much more interested personally in the snakeheads thing, but you've gotten to a point now where you, you've clearly mastered it to a level that now people are, are even like reaching out like, Hey, I'll, I'll pay you to take me do this. Or a TV program said, Hey, we want you to take us out there. And and now you've even ventured to a point where you're actually guiding people for right. snakeheads, which I find deeply fascinating that this fish, you know, 20 years ago was like the horror of all horrors. 
And now you've actually got people that are traveling here from, and I'm interested to know where they're coming from or what their background is or the kind of guys you're dealing with that are paying you to take them out there to catch snakeheads. So I'm, I, I mean, tell me a little bit about that. How, how did that get started? Like, what does your client base typically uh, consist of? Um, well, I've had, I've had a lot of guys, a lot of the guys that I've had, they've, they've been Northern snakehead fishermen. I get, I get a lot of those guys. They want to come down. They've never caught the bullseyes. You know, they want to compare them. And uh, I've got a lot of those, I've had a lot of those guys. Um, and I've, I've had, I've had a lot of local people too, you know, just wanting to, you know, learn, you know, learn more about the fish, you know, or, you know, I probably too. Uh, probably too. It's because, you know, they want to learn where you're fishing too. I'm sure of that. No, but, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's always, but, um, but I've had people from all around the, the country, you know, coming to fish for them, you know, they just, they get the idea. I, I mean, I got one guy that I've had a couple of times He's from South Dakota and he told me a story that he, a friend of his had one in his tank years ago, a uh, snakehead. And he's like, and uh he's like man what the hell is that and he said that's a snakehead and i don't know which kind it was he didn't know but uh so <laughs> yeah he found me on you know facebook and he said you know yeah i want to you know catch these things so you know um actually the last time i was with he was with me he got a 12 pounder so that was cool um but uh yeah i i've had people from all over i mean i even had guys from um uh they're bone fishing they make the rods over there the travel rods Okay, and, uh, that's cool. They're from Singapore, you know. They're, they're snakehead guys, so yeah, you know, yeah. they came over. And it, it's a lot of the people that come for them. It's something different. That's what they're, you know. It's either something different, or they're already addicted to snakeheads in some way possible. Whether it's a different species, or you know, um, you know, just they already have experience with them. So that seems to be the clientele that I seem to get, you know, for those things. Yeah, that's that's what so. I was kind of curious about is i know uh because i get the same thing like i do a lot of like the bowfin fishing stuff it's more like yeah. you know it's just one of the fish that i've always enjoyed going after since i was a kid but i noticed that like that snakehead culture over there and i don't know southern asia or malaysia yeah. and that kind of region where it's like that is like the thing the lure guys especially yeah. and i might it's got to be at least once a month i'll get one of these guys that reaches out to me and ask about Bowfin. So I know that I, I had assumed that surely you're getting some of those guys. And what's mm -hmm. ironic, I think, is this, the snakeheads that we have, I don't know what like the actual species is or where they're like native to. But and I might be wrong about this. Is it not true that they're actually bigger here than they are where they're native to? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much. I, I've gotten a lot of guys that have seen the ones that I've caught over here and they're like, man. I said, we, we can never find anything like those fish that you, you know, you catch over, you know, where you're at. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting. And the most of the reason they say, you know, that that's going on is because, um, you know, they get commercially fished. So over there where they're from, because they're such a good eating fish. So, you know, over there, they're a delicacy. So, you know, they're going out there commercially fishing for them. So that's why, you know, they, the size gets, you know, brought down. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've been to Malaysia myself and I fish for the giants and yeah, that, no, that's, that's something I wanted to get into for sure. Cause I saw that and I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's like, that's like bucket list stuff right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want, I definitely want to get into that here in a little bit, but I don't want to like lose the bulls. I think quite yet. Cause you're, you're going yeah. somewhere interesting with, with the topic of, of the fact that they're actually, you know, it's ironic 
that people will look at the snakeheads and be like, oh, that thing's nasty. That's a trash fish. Not realizing, I mean, what were they originally introduced? Like, who put them here? Like, how did they get here? It, it was for food, was it not? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the main reason. Um, it, you know, they were people were bringing them over, trying to sell them. You know, sell them as a food fish, and um, you know, people ended up putting them in the canals and said, "Hey, look, it's free food. You know, I, I got a free source of you know having food or selling it." So you know, they put them in, and they you know <laughs> they got loose. Right now, have you tried so, them yourself? I mean, I imagine maybe you have, but are, have you eaten? I haven't tried them yet. But I'm curious of people who who have like what their experience with cooking and like how you're preparing them, like maybe what you would compare them to. I, I, are have you eaten these things? Yeah, yeah, they're they're really good, really really good fish to eat. Um, and you can you can cook them anyway. I mean, you could you can grill them, you can fry them, you can, um, you know, you can do you can do anything to them. And uh, you know, any way you make fish, you know, normal fish, you can you can do that with these things, and it's no problem. So. Um, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it, they're very good. It's all white meat. Um, you know, you can't beat it. So great, great fish to eat. No doubt about it. So, yeah. That's funny. That, that seems to be the sentiment shared by a lot of the guys that I talk to that do this way more than I do is that they're like, you know, and a lot of them will go so far to the, uh, so far as to say it's the best tasting freshwater fish, if not the best tasting fish right. of any species that they've had. And I thought that that was so interesting. That, you know, hey, okay, you know, if you want to kill them, eat the, I, you know, don't throw them on the shore. I, there's been a couple spots I've gone over there and found, you know, some piles of them. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, know, this, this mindset's still here a little bit, but you'd think somebody would, you know, it's weird that we feel like, you know, some anglers would just feel like, well, that's beneath me. Like, that's like, you know, I won't stoop to that level. Not realizing, like, you know, or, you know, just being, I don't know, just resistant to the, to the, idea that these things might taste good mm -hmm. yeah yeah no that, that's the thing it's I, you know it's happened a lot in the past where people throw them up on the banks and shit you know it's just people have done that all the time they still do it you know i still find them every now and again you know in places where they're up on the banks but yeah i try to tell people is that yeah if you're going to eat them you know or you're going to do something well you're not going to put them back you know eat them do something with them don't waste them yeah yeah so, uh yeah it's uh, it's amazing if people don't but the, the look of them is not, it's not the most appealing thing in the world. Cause I see, I get people that see them for the first time. Like, Holy crap, look at the things ugly as hell. But you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good, it, they're good to eat though. That's for sure. So no doubt about it. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, those things, uh, it's clearly something you've got dialed in. I know it was, it wasn't too long ago. I was watching a video. You were with, um, I don't remember the guy's name. I've seen him. He had some, uh, video go mega viral with an alligator gar that he caught. Oh and, yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, and, I, yeah. And so that one was interesting. <clears throat> there was one part where you literally like called the shot. You're like, Oh, cast right over there, like two inches to the left of that stick. And right. it was just like automatic. I'm like, that is nuts. But I mean, I guess that comes with dialing these things in for 20 years, but yeah. You know, and, it, and it's also too, it's when you're out there, you, you gotta, you gotta use your, Cause I try to tell people, you got to try to use your eyes as well. You got to kind of like be a step ahead of them. So if you're using a bait, whatever you're using and you, you're kind of looking around for like your next sort of your next cast, but you're, you're trying to, um, you know, you're, you're trying to stay a step ahead of them. So if you see something where you can see the fish or you can pick up on them, you know, 
before, you know, your next cast or whatever, you know, before they see you, that's, that's the biggest thing. It's just being aware of your surroundings. That's, that's how you pick it up. So that's just, it, it's experience it's time on the water. That's the biggest thing. You know, you pick these things up the more time you're out there and you, you know, you understand them. Yeah. So just it's the way it is with anything, with any fish. So, well, well, you've clearly got that one dialed in and it's, I don't know. You, you, I think your name at this point is sort of like tied to that fish, but uh, I do want to touch on, you know, I saw the trip that you took to Malaysia for the giant snakeheads. Now like, I, that's one like, especially I have a lot of personal interest in because it's, it's one that I really, really want to go experience. Like, I mean, how did, how did all that come together? Like, what was that experience like? Yeah, that was, that was a, that was a, I, I, a friend of mine that goes, uh, he does a lot of trips overseas. And, um, so he does, he does that every now and again, he hasn't done it in a while, but he, he did it and the opportunity came up and I, you know, I, I wasn't going to, but I said, now nah, what the hell just go for it. You know, was it, uh, Corey, Corey Silas? It, he was a part of it. it. It was actually, the guy's name is, uh, Scott Nelson. Scott Nelson uh, was going to be the other one I asked about. These, yeah. these are all guys like, not to sound like an internet creeper, but you know, I, I'm always like watching these people that run in these communities and just kind of watching what people do. They're all people that are ironically on my list of people to reach out to, to see if we'll come right. on to this show. But, but yeah, uh, sorry. Anyway, I feel like I interrupted. I was just like, no, no, I had that question in the back of my mind. I'm like, I wonder who, who kind of set that whole thing up. Yeah, no, that was, that was Scott. And then, you know, Corey was as well. And then we had a few other guys that tagged along as well. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, that was my first trip actually international fishing. So that was a, that was a hell of a trip to go. <laughs> um, cause we went to Thailand and we went to Malaysia after that. We were in Thailand for two days and in Malaysia for four. And, uh, we fished Lake Tim and Gore and, um, we, uh, you know, <laughs> we caught that fish and, uh, or we went over there and hang on one second. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so we, we went over there and, um, you know, the trip was, uh, let's see, it was, uh, 23 hours completely. We went from JFK to Dubai and then Dubai to Thailand. And then, like I said, we were in Thailand for two days and then, um, we went, yeah, two days. And then we took like another hour and a half flight to Malaysia. We fished Lake Temengor and then. Mm-hmm. for about four days and um yeah, this, the, the bite was tough over there because the, the thing we were doing was we had to sight cast them a lot yeah yeah you, you would wait for them to come up for air and when you would do that um you know you'd have to make this long accurate cast and you have to kind of lead the fish so you wouldn't spook them and a lot of times it's, you know depending on how they would come up and go back down would determine whether they would hit a lot of times because if they come up fast and they go or they come up and then they go down fast usually they won't hit but if they come up slow and then go down slow usually those fish are the ones you would get to hit um and we we got them on top water the the big one was this the spinnerbait was really producing when we were over there okay and then, um that was a big big deal i this the big one that i got was 17 pounds oh man and we got on a deep diving crankbait, which is which is kind of weird, you know. For here, that's like they'll right, hit them right. here, but yeah, yeah. it's kind of weird. But it was a spawner; it was on a fry ball, and uh, that was that was a hell of a fight. Those those fish are 
the ones we have here fight hard, but the bull, the, the giants are a totally different story. It, it's, it's, they're way harder fighting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Way far harder fighting fish. They are just so strong because minute you, minute you hit them, man, they just start stripping dragon. Ours do that here too. But the, yeah. those over there, it's, they're a different story. They just such a more powerful fish. So. It's a, it, it, it's a really interesting one because I've gone down like the rabbit hole of like binge watching videos of, of people doing it. And it's like, I, you know, it's kind of hard to ascertain what's happening because the guy narrating is not speaking English. I can't yeah. tell what's really happening. A lot of times it looks like they're catching the fish and just like open water. I'm like, okay, well, is that like <clears throat> 20 feet of water? Like what, what are they, what, what are the fish holding to? Is there any like even real parallels to the kind of fishing that maybe you find with the northerns or the bullseyes where they're near vegetation or they're near this. A lot of those videos just looks like they're in the middle. Like they're just like not near much. Maybe a few like it looks like there's like submerged timber and trees around here and there, but right. But uh yeah, it just seems so that, different. Yeah, that was a lot of that that lake had a pile of old it was an old rainforest. So there was a lot of trees, stumps sticking up. But it was in deep water. I mean there was I I had baits that were dropping to the bottom and it just was never ending. Oh man. I mean, it was, it was so deep. I, I I don't even know how deep it was, but it was super deep, <laughs> big, big place. It was, it was pretty, it was a pretty wild, wild place. Pretty cool trip. Seeing tigers <laughs> and elephants. And yeah, uh, it was pretty wild. I think I'd have a problem if I saw a tiger and there wasn't like some sort of artificial barrier between me and like a zoo cage. I get a little uneasy about it. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I have a problem with that. <laughs> yeah, we we but it'd yeah. Be cool. Yeah, we we it was like a split second. I mean, he was up in the, we were riding around in the boat and we seen him up in the in the trees and it was just like a split second. It was it oh, wasn't yeah. very long, and he he boogied. But uh, yeah, it was the elephants were pretty frequent though. We seen a lot of those and monkeys too. Monkeys were a big thing. So <laughs> <laughs> that's wild. But it's like I don't know. Like that's. A lot of times, those little details are always what interests me more than the actual fish that you catch. Right. Like when you throw in that, that I mean, it's got to be like a, an element of adventure. But that, like, it would intimidate me. I've never been internet. I've never gone anywhere international. I'm hoping to this year. I've been kind of like one of the COVID holdouts, not to make yeah. this a topic of that, but it's like, okay, well, now, like, that seems to be behind us. Like the travel restrictions yeah. aren't there. I'm really hoping this will be the year that I do it. But the idea of going somewhere where nobody speaks like your language and you got to really like, I mean, were y'all relying on local guys that could kind of like be, be your voice and help you? Like, I mean, how are you ordering food? How are you communicating with people? Like that side of it seems real interesting to me where you're just thrown into a, almost like a totally different like world. Yeah, we, we, it was definitely, um, we, we, we had a guy that we were using to go over there, you know, he spoke the, you know, the language and stuff. So yeah, you, you got to go with people that set that up for you. Cause just going over there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's no way you, it, it, you'd be, it'd be a problem. So he's at least, you know, Scott, he's a, he's an outfitter. He works with a guy that, you know, he does, he sets that all up and stuff. So, um, you know, that, that makes it easier if you can yeah, do yeah. it. So yeah, I wouldn't go over there any other way. <laughs> anyway, no, you end up so. in some kind of, uh, Thai jail or something. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, yeah, yeah, I saw I those pictures. I was like, man, and it's what it is. And I know you enjoy yourself with these bullseyes, but you know, the photos of you holding those giant snake heads is like your, your smile is like 
different than the yeah. fish that you're holding here. You're holding like these world class bullseye snakeheads, just stone cold expression. But like, yeah. you look like a you look like a kid in a candy store when you're holding that big old giant, uh, giant snake. And they call them like like what Toman or something like that over there. Yeah, they, they have a different name them, over there. Yeah, they call them Toman. That's what that's the that's what oh, they man. call them. So, um, that's that's what they're the boat we were on. It they call it the Black Toman. That's what they called it. So. Yeah. Well, anybody that's listening has got to like go- do a quick Google search of these fish, like giant Toman, giant snakeheads, any of that, because it's like. I mean, you talk about like a really pretty fish. It's it's weird that they blend like that monster look. It's like a monster fish that is put on like a cloak of, I don't know, like a, a more beautiful fish costume because they've got like the craziest colors. And you were able to catch some like the real colored up ones with the wild like blacks and whites and like some of them get that like a spirally turquoise colors in their foreheads. I mean, it's a wild, amazing looking fish. Yeah, yeah, that that the the big one the the seventeen was the that was a spawner. So they usually get like that white uh, coloration. They get the purple in there, and then there was some other ones that we caught that had purple, green, uh, like a black color. So they had a bunch of di- there was a bunch of different colors on. I mean, there was some that we seen they had a bunch of blue on them too, like a turquoise. Yeah. So it, they varied on their color. Yeah, their the coloration on them is unbelievable compared to the ones we have here or even in Maryland. So it, that's one thing you definitely see when you catch them is the colors. So it's pretty, uh, it's pretty wild. Yeah, those things were nuts. It, you weren't worried that setting the bar that high on those things is going to uh, dampen the enjoyment <laughs> of catching the ones here, were you? <laughs> we're, you know, uh, we're going that back there behind dumps, McDonald's parking lots and dumpsters and like crack pipes floating through the water to catch our snakeheads. Yeah. And you come from a, a area of pristine wilderness such a like crazy wild like stark difference between the two those yeah. like those those kind of things always interest me like the total difference even with the northern snakeheads it's just like it's such a different like world of fishing but you know i, I would be like man i'd be scared i'd come back home and not be able to find the enjoyment anymore and, and on the home waters right yeah yeah no it's uh i don't know i i, I enjoy doing it all i mean it's uh... I mean, it was just good to go over there and do it. I just to just to go try it, you know. Yeah. Just, that's just a big thing, and um, you know, I, yeah, I'd love to go do it again. Um, but I don't know. I since COVID, I haven't traveled or done anything like that either. So I, I don't know who if I'll ever or whenever I'll do it again if I ever do. But uh, yeah, it, it was it was definitely fun to do. There was no doubt about it. But now nah, that the ones we have here, I always enjoy fishing for. It's just. Um, those bigger ones are, they fight like hell. So they're, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're always fun. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't dampen it at all for me. Well, that's good. That's, I just think it's funny that like, instead of just knocking off the Northerns, like right, you just went ahead and went straight for like the biggest, baddest kind there are on the planet. This is yeah. funny. It's funny. You knocked that one off before the Northerns. Cause it's such a, like a low hanging fruit, really that, that species of fish, but they're cool. But, um, uh, I don't know, just to get back to the bullseye real quick, like you've, because we didn't touch on like, you've been lucky to catch like not just big ones, but actually like world record, like biggest of all of them. Like how many times have you broken the world record? Are you just simply breaking your own record every time? Yeah, it's, I've done it, see, seven times. So yeah, I, I, when I caught it, the first one back in 2012, 
the previous record was in Thailand. Um, it was 11 and a half and then mine was 12 and then it was 12 and a half and then 13. So the, the, the bigger ones that I, I kept getting these bigger fish and just kept breaking it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, it just, just kept happening. So it, yeah, it was, it was constantly, um, and then I, I had it at 15 and then I had, there was a young, young guy who caught one that was two ounces bigger, which is the, the IGFA, um, which is the IGFA recommendation to beat a record is by two ounces. So then a couple of years went by and then I happened to, I, I got it again. So it was yeah. 15 and a half. So, <laughs> you know, um, how big they'll get. I mean, I, I think they've ma- I, I think the max out limit for them here is like 16, I think would be the biggest. Yeah. Like just, I don't think they get any bigger than that unless it's behind somebody's house that they're feeding them or something, but oh know, yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, like, how long is a fish like that? Because it's the the body length is what really like catches you know catches me by surprise how long these freaking things are. But a yeah. fifteen pounder's got to be four yeah. feet long. I mean, how big are they? They uh, one that size. Well, the ones that I've caught, they've all been at least forty inches long. Oh, so man, so the. The the fifteen and a half was forty one and or no forty and a half I'm sorry almost forty one, and then um the other ones were well actually yeah one was forty and then the other one the other one which was only fifteen it was forty two inches that's the longest one I ever caught, so um yeah they're usually they get up that size or at least forty inches, so um thirty nine you know thirty nine and a half so yeah they get long they 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 longer than the giants because the giants are kind of like the northerns they don't get very long they're yeah, kind of short yeah. and stout so ours are just get you know they get they get wide but they're mostly long that's the big yeah. thing it's like they're like flat that's what's uh yeah i always struggle to make mine like i feel like they look so much smaller in the photos i'm like damn it you know because <laughs> i'm holding them sideways it's like it's like holding a flathead catfish you kind of have to show the the broadness from the top of the head view yeah, but, or uh, if you can get the f- the fins to flare out, you know that that really yeah gets yeah them. yeah it looks good as you know it makes them look good as well. So, but uh, right. yeah, it's cool. It's it's cool. It's cool deal. Well, I know you're doing a lot of the uh, the clown knife fish too. That's that's another one I've been interested in, and but I, but I haven't been able to get them on anything other than live bait. Are you are you throwing lures and getting them too, or are they like bycatch while you're snakehead fishing? Sometimes it seems like you're pulling them. And the snakeheads and bass and peacock bass all in the same day. I mean, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, there's there's some places that I go where you get all you get all the species. You know, you get peacocks, you get clown knifefish, you get largemouth, um, you get snakeheads. The clown the, the clown knifefish usually, yeah, I've caught them on our live bait. That's probably the only fish you'll ever see me use live bait for. You know, because everything else, it's I don't need to use it. But I do use artificial for them. I use like suspending jerk baits um you know crank baits you know shad wraps x wraps um but it's it's a really tedious process that you got to really be patient about it yeah. um it's really it's it's sometimes a lot of the hits you get are on the pause so if you get it in that depth that you know they're there's they're at a lot of times you got to really you got to slow it down because they got that weird body right so a lot of times they can't they're not like most fish where they're super, I mean, they're fast, but they're not going to like, it takes them, they kind of eye up stuff and then they kind of like, like zoom, like, like jolt at it. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of the hits I get on it on artificial. It's on the pause. 
that's a lot of the a lot of the strikes. That's interesting. I, it's not, that's one that I really want to experiment with more because like there's been times where I found them just piled on top of each other, rolling all over each other, and you know I could throw a bait in there and it was like a guaranteed automatic bite. But then I'll sit yeah. there and throw like a little, you know, a little small hard plastic or a little paddle tail, and it's like they, they just ain't eat. They're not biting it. I'm like, what in yeah. the hell? But it's an interesting yeah. fish. Uh, you know, I know. I, I guess maybe they get a little more active at night. But you know, it was real interesting at the last time. The, the last time I went snakehead fishing, I spent like three days over there, just like sleeping in my car and just grinding. Right. You know, just being a little nomadic. Um, yeah. But I remember there was there was uh, one canal, kind of more in like I don't know, it was like more like the country type area, and I had just like to entertain myself was walking this canal with like a spotlight, and these clown knife fish were everywhere, and they're like. 12 inches of water. Like, I mean, they're all like, on top mm-hmm. of each other in shallow water. But in the daytime, I went and fished the same area. I mean, they're nowhere to be seen. So I'm, I'm like, okay, well, this must be a fish that like holds to deeper, darker water. And then maybe at night they kind of, maybe yeah. that's when, maybe that's when you do it. But, uh, yeah, that's possible. I, I, I really have never tried it. Um, but I, I do know they're nocturnal. I know, I know yeah. a lot of that. Uh, they're definitely more active. You know, they come up more to the surface during at night. Cause during the day they're out suspending over deep water or whatever, you know? Yeah. It's, so yeah, maybe we're something to try, you know, who knows? Yeah. I know that but, they have like the real distinct, like glowing eyes under a light, like almost like, at first I thought they were like little tarpon, yeah. but it was like, like you could notice it from like a hundred yards away. These bright, you know, beaming eyes. I'm like, okay, well this is a fish that swims around and, and, and probably hunts more at night. You know, it yeah. makes sense. They're not having to probably chase things down at night. They can sneak up on the, the snoozers, but yeah, yeah that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The weird fish. Fish. It's an interesting one. Oh yeah. 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 They're, they're, they're interesting. That's for sure. That's- are, are you, uh, are you guiding for those as well? Or are you just, I mean, are you pers- kind of sticking um, more to the snakeheads? I mean, if, if, I mean, if I get people that want to catch them, I'll, I'll take them out if they want to do that. I mean, I, I offer it, um, the big thing I do is the snakeheads or largemouth bass. I mean, um, even peacocks as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I get people that want to do it, yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll take them out for it. Um, I don't know about artificial unless they really want to do that, but you know, it'd yeah. probably be live bait, but, uh, cause they're even tough on that too. I mean, there's times where you see them, there's thousands of them and they won't, you get maybe one or two like bait, you know, depending on the day, what right. they're doing, but yeah, I, I offer that as well. Um, if anybody ever wanted to do it. So, um, I had a lot of, a lot of the guiding that I do is just, it's in, it's in areas that are, you know, more secluded and, you know, out of the way I try to, I mean, the reason I do it is because I try to go for bigger fish. That's just me. Yeah. I don't want to fish all the normal public waters. You know, I've done that in the past and it's fun, but I, I have more enjoyment fishing out of a smaller John boat than anything else. So, right, right. Well, you've done some serious work with that thing. I know lately it's, I've been looking at the bass you're catching with this little John boat. I'm like, you know, man, there's guys that put so much money into having these crazy rigs. And then here, yeah, yeah. I don't know, you're out there. You've gotten good with that thing. And I appreciate that. Cause I'm like a canoe guy. I always like enjoy watching the guys that are real efficient with small watercraft or, or doing more with less. So that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it. An- it's, I don't know. I, I, I'm not into spending 70, 80 grand on a bass boat. So it's, it's, I'm yeah, no I, kidding. I, I, I have more fun out of a small 12 foot John boat or a 10 footer than anything else. I mean, you just, you get there, There's so much water down here that's untapped. 
right you know with the that you could fish with a smaller boat i mean it's just there's more of that than there is you know fishing in a bigger boat freshwater wise mm-hmm. so i i just i find it more fun i just never know you never know what you're going to run into <laughs> big yeah. fish so a lot of fun well the snakehead thing's been the real interesting one and i know a lot of the guys that you know will inevitably listen to this well most of them are probably going to recognize you anyway but but i I got a lot of guys that are interested in snakeheads and do the snakehead things maybe a little bit more than northerns but you're right there's a lot of like you know the bullseye guys are wanting to go catch the northerns the northerns are wanting to go catch the the bullseyes but uh yeah you know anybody that's listening that you know maybe like all right well you know this guy guys like how, like how can people find you like what's what's the like do you got a, a site or your social or like where could people find you if they wanted to ask questions or or maybe even try to set up a trip um all right so yeah i i've got a few different ways um i got a website it's www.floridasnakeheadandbassadventures.com um you know you can go through there uh my instagram is uh cory underscore noakowski um you can find me through there as well um if you wanted to do something and then um also, my Facebook is just Corey Nowakowski, or I have a business page too. It's Florida Snakehead and Bass Adventures. So there's a number of ways you can get a hold of me, um, and my, all my info is on that stuff. So you know, if anybody needs to call me or email me or whatever, you know, to set up a day, then you know, they can they can do it that way. So you know, um, easy ways to do it. Those are the ways. So yeah, well, with seven world records. And 20 years of experience, you know, and, and all that stuff under your belt, I think it's safe to say who, anybody who wants to come down here and catch these fish couldn't be in safer hands than, than to reach out to, to Corey, uh, you know, and all you got to do is take a quick glance of, you know, his, his Instagram, his website, and, and you'll see these monstrous fish and, and, and that should affirm, uh, what I'm saying, but, but yeah, man. I really appreciate you coming on here. You're you're one of the guys I was like most excited to talk about because you're like you you've sort of cemented that position as like the guy down here. And and in Florida, that's like hard to do. Like everybody right. down here fishes. So yeah. for you to be like the guy on anything, you probably don't want to, you know, you're probably too humble to admit that. But I'm I'm telling you right now, for 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 you to be the guy of anything down here is kind of a big, big deal. But uh so man, that's I appreciate cool. you appreciate you coming on here. I hope people yeah, no learned a little bit about you and a little bit about uh, the snakeheads we have. Sometimes I feel like the Northerns get a little more of the glory than, than, than our fish down here. But uh, I'm telling you, they're yeah. just as exciting, if not more, probably in different kinds of ways. But yeah, if y'all want to come down and, and, and pretty much guarantee success, you got to reach out to Corey, ch- check him out. Cool. Yeah. Come on down. All right, man. Well, I'm going to let you go. Uh, I'm going to get ready for, get these kids ready for bed. and I'm sure we'll be in touch. Yeah, no, no doubt. Thank you for listening to the Boundless Pursuit podcast. If you enjoyed this show, your feedback, comments, and reviews are very important to me. Also, this podcast is just one element to a much bigger content outlet. I urge you to head over to www.haverodswilltravel.com where you'll find audio, visual, and written editorial content. That is three dimensions of awesome fishing content brought to you by a very dynamic team of anglers. I hope that you'll tune in next week as we continue to build this program and have interesting and skilled anglers each Thursday. Thank you for listening.